I am unashamed. What about you? So, Jace, I'm halfway through a two-week, or a little over two-week, speaking tour. Lisa and I are, we've been all over. We've been like Johnny Cash. We've been everywhere. But, Dad, you'll be glad to know that the Almighty struck me because uh, I made fun of Mom. And you got you, you don't make fun of your mom. I figured this out now. So, you know, when she she was swatting at a fly or something and she hit her chest and she tore some tendons in her finger. You remember when that happened, Dad? Yep. A couple of months back. So so I told her, I said, you're like that verse. But instead of inventing ways of doing evil, you invent ways of getting hurt, which, you know, I was just trying to be funny and be a smart aleck. So I was uh, in D.C. about to go up on stage at an event we were there at. And so I just put my hand down just to, you know, get my balance to turn around and go up the steps. And I had my finger apparently in a weird position because all of a sudden I just felt a sharp pain. And so now I don't know if you can see it on the camera, but I have a finger that's just going the wrong direction. And so I'm so busy because I'm on the road I hadn't really had a chance to get it looked at, but I think I've done exactly what I made fun of mom doing. I think I tore a tendon in there, so now I had to get the thing looked at and worked on. But I, I learned a valuable lesson. Don't yeah. make fun of your mother. That's, That's a bad call. I think it tends injuries occur, though, doing strange things because you're not purposely trying to injure yourself. I found out that it's quite the feat to tie a tendon back together i mean it was pretty and i mean it it was a, a cast type thing on her arm for a month i mean a hard type cast and i had to i mean it, it was a major ordeal when you snap a tendon in your finger pal I know. And so what I did, you, you'd be proud of me. I, I took some uh, things you stir your coffee with and I cut two of them the length of my finger. And then there was a security guard at the thing. I said, hey, I've got a first aid box around here. I said, I got a finger going sideways on me. He said, well, yeah, let, let me look. So he gave me a thing of tape. So I taped that thing on my finger just because to keep it straight. But it didn't hurt that bad. I don't know if I got, you know, you, you kind of gave us the high pain tolerance. So I don't know if that's the deal or what, but something's definitely not right in there. Yeah. Well, Phil's notorious for making injuries worse, you know, with his famous, because uh, every time we'd get a hook in our hand, you know, as a kid, your first thing you do is go to your mom and dad for comfort and direction. <laughs> But once he made the mountain and cut the top of the mountain off, which is something that I saw many times after that done to other people, because I learned in that moment as a child, if, I have, an, if I have an ailment, I'll fix it myself. Because <laughs> Phil, Phil doesn't use any deadening. He they, uses they no medication. You. I mean, it's just a bad. Well, they come to they come to me when I I can clearly see that the hook has penetrated and it's and it's lodged because the hook's got a little past the barb. Past yeah. the yep. barb. But Phil, I'm just so saying. So a good way to do it is just lift that, <laughs> take the whole top off, 
you'll be a little piece of meat, your meat. No. And, and <laughs> Phil, here's the problem. It's not a good way to heal later. It, your logic is it gets the job done. And at eight years old, you sold me on it, and I went with it. At over 50, that's a terrible idea. All you did was remove the hook by removing way more skin than you should have because now you need a skin graft well i i was i was watching television and someone knocked on the door and i walked to the door and the two guys were standing there and one of them held his hand up like that and he said somebody told me that you were real good at getting hooks out of people I said, come on in. You've come to the right place. No, I know. And oh, I was boy. going to lift lift his. I was going to lift it and take the top of the mountain off where the skin is like that. But on my way to lifting, it just popped out. I had it just right, and it popped out. And I said, well, you're good to go. I, I, I sliced it a little. And that disappointed you, really, to tell the truth. I, it was, I thought it was over quick. I said, that old boy was lucky. He yeah. told me later, he sent me a note, because I never had seen the dude in my life. He uh, sent me a note saying that's the that thing healed up quicker, and it didn't bother me on my yeah. fit. They were in a bass tournament. Yeah, about three months ago, I was in Dallas, Texas, and a guy was in the line, you know, VIP line. He's coming in there by the hundreds. And he said, let me show you something. And he showed me a big old scar on his hand. And I said, how'd you get that? And he said, your dad cut a hook out of my hand. There you go. Visiting. I mean, Phil, it looked terrible. They coming to me. I started to open up a clinic. But I thought, well, I don't know. My method was oh a little goodness. bit up. My method was a little bit callous. Scarred people all across America now. You come into me, uh -oh. you know, there's a hook buried past the barb. The first thing you're going to see is pliers. Yeah, and a knife under under the Sharp under knife your back, pliers. behind your back, or under the chair that's <laughs> going to come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've I've learned there's way more less barbaric, painful methods out there. But that's why I was always fascinating. Like, cause you know we're in Mark and Jesus, you know he's healing diseases and he's casting out demons and, but he started off as a preacher of righteousness as about the kingdom, and and I think that's a important point that he declared the kingdom is here. He talked about the kingdom. And he did miracles to confirm that, but yep. he, he got to preach it. But my point is I thought, you know, there's a lot of people doing these in quotation, modern day miracles. And uh, I just thought, man, that'd be funny if Phil, you know, went out and preached Jesus and tried to heal people because all his tactics are just painful and excruciating with zero concern for how the patient feels less than <laughs> 1001 one second i said this is gonna hurt a little then that's it's done yeah but phil it hurts a lot yeah and it looks terrible i mean it's like it's one of the worst scars i've ever seen i'd do anything i'd take anything for a second It 
takes a little time for that to heal. But it's not going to heal. Phil, they need a skin graft at that point. You know what I mean? Well, one of the guys came back to me later and he said, when I went to the doctor to see and told him what happened, he said, who did that? And he told me, told the guy, well, that's old Robinson told me, he said, don't let him do that again. Yeah. I, I, don't I, let him I agree with that. Get a second opinion. So they blackballed me. The <laughs> medical community did. Well, your family blackballed <laughs> you because that's what I'm saying. I never went to you with another ailment because I was like, y you were, I eliminated you as a possibility. <laughs> Well, <laughs> Dad, Dad never really was big on the Hippocratic walk oath. Around with a, with a the oath in your arm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't pull it out, you know, either. You just don't reach and grab it and pull it out. No. No, I saw Side do that when he got I I I was hung and I snatched it and it the hook buried in his ear. <laughs> but he thought <laughs> something bit him. Instant he wasn't earring. Instant earring. So he grabbed it. Like out of panic and ripped half his ear off. Oh my god! And his white T-shirt turned red right before my eyes. Yeah, I, I was worried that he was going to bleed to death. That's it just to work, but that's I'm I'm better than that. <laughs> cut cut it out. All right. He just said snatch it out. It brings out too much meat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why well, is that funny? <laughs> I don't know. We've always taken a certain bit of uh, satisfaction in seeing other people's pain. And, That's uh, right. <laughs> you know, as long as it's nothing life threatening, it was just as long as they're a okay. rough way to live, you know, really. Yeah, one of them, we were catching a lot of bass. He snatched the bait come out of the fish's mouth and came to the boat and got him right here. And Top of the hand. He was saying, I have to go to the doctor. I said, with these bass hitting like this, I said, are you crazy? I'll fix that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was brutal, but it was quick. He's the one that the doctor said, don't let him do, don't let him work on you. <laughs> Dad said black yeah. by the medical. Well, I, no, I know. Look, well, when I broke my arm, you know, Al and them clowning around. And so a couple of days goes by. Now, mind you, both bones. I was out of town. You were out of town. Both bones are broken and protruding under the skin <laughs> in my arm. Yep. And so I always thought it was weird that when I make it to the hospital, because when you saw it, you said your arm's broke. Y'all need to get him to the hospital. It had already trying. It was trying to fuse back. Yep. So after they had to re-break my arm and fix it, What's funny is they started asking me questions as if I was in a child abuse situation that grown <laughs> guardians would allow a, a break that severe. I was surprised that they you didn't take you to the doctor. Abuse <laughs> yeah. So they, they showed were, it to me and I said, take him to the hospital. He's got a broken arm. They all like, whoa, what? I said, no, I said, no, it's not. Mom said it was sprained. Yeah. And you said, I see your bones sticking out. And then I was like, uh, oh. then it started hurting again, you know. 
<laughs> well, you kind of were in a beast situation because your brother broke your arm and then your mother and grandmother wouldn't t- quit watching Dallas to take you t- to the hospital. So it kind of was. Well, it's so weird because as a kid, so then they're looking at my history. So about three months later, I'm, I wake up on the operating room after they're digging what we thought was a bullet out of my head because I've been shot in the head. But actually what had happened is a bullet or an aerosol can had exploded from the fire and the shrapnel hit me from quite the distance. But then when I, then they started asking me, you know, who shot me? And I was like, no, I don't think anybody shot me. But it was like I had to do an investigation every time I went up there because then they're looking back saying, well, the dude did have his arm broken, you know, and, and, and they didn't do anything about it. So it's not a big leap to go from just, you know, putting a bullet in somebody's head. But these were just random things. Random things. The more I talk, I'm just You're glad just to be here. Growing up, Robertson. <laughs> I don't know how I made it. I say it all the time. I was just speaking to an audience and I was telling the story and I got a picture of dad and me when I was a year old. I said, I was raised by a 17 year old mom and a 19 year old dad on a college campus. So I was raised by teenagers yeah. who were surrounded by other teenagers. It's a miracle that I'm alive. I mean, that I made it through the process, but I did. Exactly. To tell the story. Let's take a break. So dad, you never were a big uh, yard guy. Uh, When we were growing up, you kind of didn't pay a lot of attention to it. So we didn't really learn um, how to take care of a yard or make it look really good. But since I've gotten older, uh, I kind of like my yard to look nice. And so I have to rely on some experts to be able to do that. And uh, one of our sponsors is one of the uh, groups that I turn to. It's called FastGrowingTrees.com. They have curated thousands of plants. So they're perfect for every climate, every location, every need. Uh, Lisa and I have used them uh, and continue to use them because um, they're really good at what they do. The plants show up there in perfect shape. Uh, they're available 24-7 if you got any issues about the care of it, uh, which is really good. Uh, so if you kind of have a brown thumb instead of a green thumb, uh, you want to go to fastgrowingtrees.com. They have over 1 million happy customers across the country. They've got a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee which means you can trust everything that'll be healthy for years to come. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. You're going to get 15% off your entire order now through October the 15th. So that's fastgrowingtrees.com slash Robertson. 15% off. Check these guys out. They're amazing. All right, so I want to get into Mark, Jace. Um, in the in the last overtime, you uh, you brought up an interesting point about that Mark one of uh, fourteen through fifteen about this being a <clears throat> what was the way you put it a, a momentous occasion. Like the the word that's used there for time is like yeah, this is I, this is two different a, like, Greek a words. game changing. Yeah, one of them's like what you know you're thinking. What time is it? And then there's another word that is like, there's a moment that is pivotal. It, it changes circumstances. This is a moment in time 
to seize an opportunity. Well, that's the word, the Greek word, when he says the time has been fulfilled, the time has come. And he says the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. Well, what is the good news? The good news is that Jesus, the Son of God, God the Son, is here. It was a historical fact. That's why it says the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. What's also interesting now is that when he gets to driving out the demon, or maybe it's healing uh, the man of leprosy in uh, the end of chapter 1, he refers himself as the Son of Man. Now I'm going to have to find that. It's, it's somewhere in the first chapter I saw it. Or maybe it's a... Uh, could be in chapter two. Uh, let's see, where is it? Oh, yeah, that's in chapter two when he heals the paralytic, verse 10. Yeah, verse 10. Yeah, chapter two, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So you say, well, what's your point? Your point is, here's Jesus announcing that the time is here. He's talking about the kingdom. Well, we all know from the Old Testament, specifically Daniel 2 and 7, chapter 2 and chapter 7, that a kingdom was coming that would be an eternal kingdom. It would never be destroyed. That's what Daniel said. And Daniel said, you will see one like a son of man yep. coming. Well, then Jesus in chapter 2 says, so you'll know that the son of man has authority and he did he did two things because you think well what caused the controversy in chapter two and i know we'll get there but just to give you a preview on who has arrived he says when you say i'm going to forgive you of your sins well how could you prove that you had the power to do that because is that an invisible thing or a visible thing it's totally invisible it's invisible so yeah there's a lot of people that could claim they could forgive sins, but you would never be able to prove that. If we know that it's through right. faith, and and we have historical data here, but my point is, well, isn't that calling this good news? It's a historical fact. But he said, so you'll know that I can do the invisible. I'm going to do the visible. And so he did these yeah. things. And they said, well, you're blaspheming because you got to realize that all these people that he's fixed to help Back under the old system of thinking, if you, there was something wrong with you, then that means God didn't favor you. So yep. if you're sick, well, you're you're out of line with God. Or you get leprosy, well, you're just unclean. You're of the devil. Or if you're, you know, obviously if you have a demon, I mean, you've done something wrong here. You have a fever. <laughs> I mean, they were at Peter's house. So here comes Jesus saying, no, I'm going to forgive you and I'm going to heal you. Well, that threw everything into chaos because they're like, they needed to make restitution for that. Not you. Who do you think you are, God? Well, yeah, that's what that's what he was announcing. The king has come and he represents God well, well, and, and man. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and when he's used to that son of man reference, I think it's important to note he he's accomplishing two things by doing that one is he is declaring kind of like his humanity. Yeah. Um, but, but in the same breath, these people that, especially the Pharisees, they knew the reference to the son of man from Daniel. 
chapter two and seven. They, they, they knew exactly what he's talking about. And so they're thinking, wait a second, this is what made him so angry. Or part of the reason what made him so angry is that he is claiming uh, divine authority. Even, even I know he's saying that I'm the son of man, but, but, but he's saying I'm, I am the guy that was prophesied about by the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter two, Daniel chapter seven and, and, and other places. I think that's the, that's the thing that he's, he's establishing here is, um, is this authority. And so when you asked the question earlier, what's the good news? Um, I think you said that the son of God's here. Another way that you could say that is, you know, God is with us now. Emmanuel, God's here. Like, and not just that he's here, he's here and he's establishing his kingdom. That's why when you read about the preaching of the gospel, it's it's almost always paired with the preaching of the gospel and the kingdom. Uh, in verse fourteen, it says John, after he had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee. Uh, Jesus preaching the gospel of God, and what did he say? The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So there's a direct correlation between the preaching of the gospel and the coming of the kingdom, and you can't separate those two things when, when we go out and do what, what we're doing. I will add to what you guys have said. Uh, I, I'm with you all the way, but just remember, uh, when John came, it took four verses for Mark to say, and so John came, John the Baptist, baptizing in the desert region, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. They all came out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized, that's twice, three, time, three times in the first six verses. You get to verse eight, I baptize you with water, but he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. If you turn over to second to uh, first John chapter five, uh, let's see, this is the one who came by water, according to Mark, and blood, according to Mark, Jesus Christ, he did not come by water only, but by water and blood, and it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit's the truth. For there are the three that testify. The Spirit, which you will receive, he will baptize you with the Spirit. You'll receive the Spirit through him. The water, John the Baptist and the, his baptism, and then the blood that was shed on the cross. The Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. I'm just saying the book of Mark is where John <coughs> pontificated on those those steps. So well, he was prepared. I mean, in other words, I wouldn't just run past that in a hurry because we repent and be baptized and God will give you the Spirit. Well, you, you say, well, there, do you believe Jesus is Lord? The blood, the, 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 the Spirit, the water, it's all in Mark chapter 1 there, Al. It's just a point. Well, but he also announced, and he went back 400 years to what Malachi, this quote where it says, prepare a voice of one, John the Baptist was a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Well, he chose that on, pur on purpose. And so Mark is saying the beginning of the gospel about the Son of God. John the Baptist is quoting, prepare the way for the Lord. Well, you said, what is Lord 
mean? Here's the definition I looked up. Someone having power, authority, or influence, and who acts in a superior and dominant manner. It's over 700 times in the New Testament. Jesus is referred to as the Lord. So my, my point is, here, here has come a spectacular individual who is a man. You look at him and say, yeah, he's a man. And he can do physical things. But he's doing physical things in an invisible way because he's controlling atoms. He's controlling molecules. And then when he runs up on the demon in verse 25, well, you see what they said? They, they referred to Jesus. I know you are the Holy One of God. Well, how did they know that? It seems like everybody in this first chapter has recognized that Jesus is like no other. Yeah. Which, which and John they, they would have known. They well, would have known to from Phil's heaven, point. you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and to and and to Phil's point, that reference out of John, uh, I think it was in John five when it says these three are testifying in agreement first, to yeah, this. First John, uh, yeah, yeah, first John five. Yeah. What, um, like there's that moment. That's what's happening here when Jesus at Jesus's baptism. You, you know, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. The water, the spirit. They all testify. The three testify. The what are they testifying? They're they're testifying that this man that's that's in flesh and blood, like a, a, a human being, right? That walks up into the water with John the Baptist. John baptizes him, and and what is the Father and the Spirit and the water testify to that this is my Son whom I'm well pleased. It's a, it's a, it, this is a declaration of who this is. Like this is, this is the moment where it's about to get hairy. You know, he's establishing the, his identity here. That's why as, the time uh, it comes. The son of God. Yeah. Well, he, he said time's yeah. good. He gives hey, you a little, uh, what, hey, hang on, dad. Hang, hang on, hang on, dad. Let's take All a break. Right. So I realized Jace, I was in the, up in the great state of Indiana, uh, doing a uh, pro-life event for a pregnancy center. And I realized it because it was very celebratory, you know, the, the mindset of the folks there. And I realized it was the first pro-life event Lisa and I had done since uh, Roe was overturned. And so I, I love that there's a lot of enthusiasm out there on the, on the pro-lifers and, uh, and the work is not done just because Roe was overturned and went to the States. Actually, it's really just beginning. And so we're going to have to rely on some really great organizations to help us as we continue to fight for life. And one of those groups is, is called 40 Days for Life. And uh, we've had Sean, their CEO, on our podcast before. They have uh, over a million volunteers in a thousand cities. They hold peaceful vigils where they pray. Uh, and, they, and that's their deal. They're like, we are praying for women uh, to, to not have abortions. We're praying in these states that now have it because there's fewer of them. Uh, and when they have these peaceful vigils, uh, the no-show rate goes up to 75% of people that just don't show up. So obviously God is winning. Uh, babies are being saved, which is very important. Uh, 106 abortion businesses in America, that's 45%, have closed their abortion facilities. So uh, we want to keep this going. Uh, check out, we want you to check out their locations, their podcasts. Uh, you also have a free magazine at 40 Days for Life. So go to 40daysforlife.com. 
to stay updated on how abortion is ending in a post-Roe America. That's 4040daysforlife.com. There are three that testify, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. We accept man's testimony, but God's testimony is greater because it is the testament of God, which he has given about his son. Anyone who believes in the son of God has this testimony in his heart. Anyone who does not believe God has made him, has made him, has made him out to be a liar because he has not believed the testimony God has given about his son. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. He just showed the importance. The person that's going to accomplish all that is on the scene, and he has said, the time has come. Well, you better believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, Dad, he literally testified. He did it at his baptism when he said, this is my son whom I love, yep. you know, yep. whom I'm pleased with. At, at the transfiguration, he, he said the same thing. He's telling them. And he said, listen to him. In other words, yep. he's me. One person there. on planet Earth that has ever been here. He's the one person that will save our <laughs> sorry hides. But he also said that John the Baptist would come in the spirit of Elijah. And then he, when he was at the transfiguration, where's that, Matthew 17? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then here's Elijah who just showed up. Yeah. Well, how many years had it been since he was last seen? Woo. Several about, thousand. A thou- at least a thousand. Yeah, 1,500. Well, if you're going to bring a kingdom or establish a kingdom that's eternal... These are the kind of moments you're going to have to oh. have to be a part of. Yeah. When you're having a conversation with two guys that well, were here about three or 4,000 years before on a mountain, <laughs> I think you're qualified. <laughs> and, and Peter said, let's build them all, all the, a little church building, which was interesting. You know, <laughs> we better build yeah, something yeah, for these he guys. Was, he was like, this can't get out, you know. <laughs> That's so funny. Jesus, when the demons or whatever are saying, you're the son of God, he's like, be be quiet. Shut up. Well, yeah. Which, look, by the way, Al, everybody else who's claiming to be getting these demons up, they all go through these ceremonies and you're there. They have these. We've seen these horror movies, you know, that the, the rituals and, and the words and they have these conversations with the demon. Jesus has rolled in there and immediately, which immediately is mentioned like 40 times in the book of Mark, he just does it. And that's yeah. the, you know, that's me. I quit debating people about them having the ability to do all those things, which is why I was making a big point that Jesus came to declare that the kingdom is at hand. You know, believe and repent the good news. And he and in the next chapter he said, "Let's go down to another town where I can preach." He did these other things, you know, as miracles, signs, and wonders to validate what he was saying. So you fast forward a couple thousand years, you got a lot of people want to argue about what they can do in the miraculous deal or the, but they have no message. 
his message that there there is a, a kingdom that will last forever and God wants sons and daughters to spend eternity with him. And he proved it by getting us there through a cross and a resurrection. These other yeah. things were validating that. So, I mean, I'm just well, saying it, 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 there well, is that, a difference. That's the... Yeah, that, and that's the setup here in in Matthew. I mean, Mark. You know, he's he's basically saying, "I'm I'm here, I'm setting up the kingdom," and then he tells them, "Come follow me." That what you mentioned in the last podcast, uh, Mark. Uh, I was at one seventeen. Come come follow me and and do what I do. And he starts and ultimately. We, he starts crushing Satan at every turn. He, he he does, but think about the method at which he does that, and ultimately is through his own death. And and so then he's like this whole thing: follow me. You get to Mark sixteen or Matthew sixteen, it's a, uh, when he's like um, the gate, you know, the kingdom of God's advancing, and the gates of Hades will overcome it. And then the, and then the next thing he says is, Peter, you're the devil. <laughs> you know, and then the next thing he says is, you know, you need to take up your cross and follow me. So I think what, what what's in it for us now is that all other kingdoms that have ever existed on planet Earth have advanced their borders by conquering other kingdoms and consuming them into their borders. But, but every one of them has fallen at the hands of another kingdom or they've internally imploded. Yep. And then there's this, this kind of kingdom that Jesus is. And, and look, I've, like, I've bought into that. I mean, I ran for office for crying out loud. And once I kind of got to see how the sausage was made, I was like, I don't think this is where I want to put my hope. And not to say we shouldn't be, in, be involved with politics, but I think a lot of us have lifted up the kingdom of America or whatever your, or your, whatever your ideology is that we've lifted that up as, as if that's going to sustain us. And it's just not like what, what's going to sustain us is a kingdom right here that Jesus is setting up. And the way it expands is it expands by dying to self the, the one thing everybody else is afraid of, Jesus embraces it in this kingdom. He says, I want you to be like me. And then what he's about to unfold through the gospel is that when we follow in his footsteps and we take up our cross and follow him, we think that we're giving up something. We're ac- actually not. By dying to ourselves, we are actually going to, to die to the things that are ruining us. And we're going to be grafted into this incredible community this incredible relationship that is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And to me, that's what he's setting up here. Yep. Good, good points. Yeah, I thought about something when you said that, uh, you know, LSU, I'm a big LSU fan, you know, and they couldn't couldn't have looked any worse in week one. But we have a new regime. And, uh, and one of the things the new coach said is that he was going to be demanding but not demeaning. I thought, well, that, that's that's a good way to look at it. Well, when they asked why they lost and how bad it was, they said where and whose fault it was. Game, you, game one. Yeah, game one. Now, look, game three the other night, all of a sudden. There you go. We're looking like, well, <laughs> so, but there was a statement made that reminded me of Jesus and, and what Zach just said. But the the coach said, we attacked the problems and not our personnel. Mm. And I thought, well, that's a good statement because mm-hmm. when you think about what Jesus did, he came healing and cast out demons. And he attacked the problems, but, but he loved people. Well, when you look at governments or uh, religious leaders sometimes or Pharisees, what, what are they notorious for? If you don't agree with them, oh, they attack you. They are not attacking the problem. 
They attack the person. Yeah. We draw a line, and it's always a full frontal attack at every turn, whether you believe the argument or not. If they're not, if they're not with us, they're against us. And I know that's biblical in a sense, but I think if you think about how Jesus operated, I mean, it, 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 that, that's, that's what he was here for. He, he came to give his life for the sin, but he's always loved the sinner. That's why he could say, love your enemies. That's what yeah. separates this from a government program. And trust me, there's no loving your enemies in politics. You want no. to do that? That's a good, sure way of you not getting elected. Yep. Just oh, try man. Get up there and say, you know what? I love, and you just name the people that are against Just I love every each and every one of them. I love you guys. You're not going to get voted. <laughs> That's right. You're not going to get voted. <laughs> no, they, would, they, they would never do it. Let's, let's take another break. So uh, one of the things that uh, a lot of guys notice when they look at a photo of themselves, and, and I have too. In fact, the other day, Lisa was like behind me, and she said, man, this ball spot is is getting bigger. And I said, yeah, that, that's kind of what happens when you get older to some men. Uh, and a lot of men, unfortunately, uh, get they get these bald spots and go bald even when they're young, especially those if you're under 35. You might want to check out one of our longtime sponsors called Keeps. And uh, because they want to flip those odds in your favor to help you keep your hair. So you see that and you decide you're just going to cover it up or some people go with just the peel it off and go bald early. But you don't have to. Uh, these guys have a clinically proven FDA approved hair treatment is available all online. Uh, they're going to help you prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth and take care of the hair that you have. Uh, they've got a physician that's going to help you select the right products. Uh, that physician is also available 24 seven if you have any questions. It's easy, no waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. Come straight to your door at half the cost. So check these guys out. It's K-E-E-P-S, keeps.com slash door. And they're going to give you 50% off your first order just for being an unashamed listener. So it's keeps.com slash door. No, because it's uh, it's about power. And, and that's, that's the difference. Jesus... Obviously, being the creator of the universe, had the power to do whatever he wanted. He chose to live a pretty obscure life for 30 years. They don't even know anything about it. And then give his life so that we could have wow. eternal life. Yeah, but, I mean, but to me, that's the point here. He's showing power, but he's doing it in such a humbling way right. that it's like watering down what he just did. That, you know? Because they're like, well, yeah. you got them all whipped up, Ma. And he's like, well, don't tell anybody. And we need to go to the next town. You're like, what? It's the opposite of politics. They're not, he's not making the most of everything that's happening to, to make himself more popular. He's just doing it in a humbling way. He's attacking all the problems of life. I mean, you just think about what these people. You know, when we finally get to the leper, I mean, there was no cure for that. And you just happen to be here and on the time on earth that you run across the one person in the history of humanity who had the power to heal that in that day. And you got healed. And then he touched him. They came to Capernaum, verse 21, chapter one, when the Sabbath came, Jesus went to the synagogue, began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as teachers of the law. 
Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Be quiet, said Jesus sternly. Come out of him. The evil spirit shook the man violently and came out of him with a shriek. <laughs> you can't make all this stuff up when you read that. And you're like, I'll tell you one thing. But Phil, they didn't like it. Oh. The people were all amazed, but then they're like, well, what is this? This is some kind of new teaching yeah. with authority. Yeah. I mean, it just shows you if you try to come up with something new. I mean, I got, I got a, I got a fun adventure for you. Just go to your local church and say, "Look, I got a new teaching I want to put on y'all." Forget what the teaching is. Just say that. Let me tell you something. You're fixed to see everyone there get really guarded and anxious. <laughs> It's the equivalent of putting a bull rattlesnake in the middle of that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> well, that could be a new was, teaching right there. Dad. I mean, Al told me one time, I told Al, look, five years ago, I said, I got an idea. I said, I think, you know, you're, you're an elder, you know, push this through, you know, and I, I told him my idea. Well, five years later, they tried it. And Al said, Hey, we finally got to that. Yeah. Yep. Things move slow. Welcome, welcome to change. <laughs> welcome to but church now, changes. So, so when y'all studied like opinion, in your studied opinion, after reading the first miracle, it's in Mark chapter one. The evil spirit shook the man violently, came out with him. The people were all so amazed that they asked each other, "What is this? A new teaching?" And with authority, he even gives orders to evil spirits, and they obey him. I have a question for y'all. Uh, are there any more evil spirits that come into people? Or is it what uh, the medical profession calls it uh, mental illness? Is it mental illness or is it evil spirits? I've just asked the question, what do y'all think? I don't see yeah. anything in here about mental illness. I'll just say yeah. Well, it was a spiritual yeah. illness, you know. I mean, I mean, you're right, Dad. I, I I don't know that I couldn't say that they wouldn't still be around. Uh, I do think when Jesus was here, there was some kind of uh, there was such an uproar, not only in the physical world but the spiritual world, that you seem to see a lot more of them. You see it less once you get into the you know Acts and the epistles, but. So I think there was something just by him being here that had everything upside down. But but yeah, I mean I think it's they're still around wherever they go. I mean Satan hadn't been, you know, well, until, know until the Lord if comes you give back. Yourself, if you give yourself to every kind of evil, I mean, what do you think's gonna happen? I mean, I've, I've met people who just said who, who are mad at God and get into all kind of rituals and satanic. Yeah, I mean, that's going on. And you look at them and you're like, okay. There are it, people on planet Earth in the these United States of America, and their God is, by their own admission, Satan. Well, what I'm telling you is they, need, worshipers. they need Jesus, not necessarily a miracle, because Jesus is better than a miracle. He has the power Yep. To do miracles. So my point is I'm going to preach Jesus. I mean, it's kind of like to use where we're at. John the Baptist, what was he instructed to do? 
he was God commissioned him to prepare the way of the Lord to make the path straight. Well, we go over that and say we don't really give a lot of credence to what that means. But when you try to make a road straight, that's a problem. You got to fill in holes. You got to cut tops of hills. You got to remove rocks. You got to build bridges. There's a lot of obstacles to do that. And so he and he probably, you know, encountered them. But when I fast forward and read something like First Peter three fifteen, which says, "Set apart Jesus Christ as Lord." There's one of the other seven hundred times it's mentioned. If you're going to make Jesus your Lord, he says, always be prepared. Well, John the Baptist prepared the way, and now it's telling us to be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Well, you're going to run across the same obstacles that John the Baptist did when you give that answer to people. It, there's, nothing has changed. You've got every kind of obstacle in the world, including people who have given their lives to, you know, every kind of evil imaginable. I only bring it up, Jace, because in Mark one thirty nine, so Jesus traveled throughout Galilee, and he just gets it down to this. You say, well, what was he doing? Preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. I mean... If that's what he, in other words, he says, here's what he did. He preached in the synagogues and he drove out demons. And it was a full-time job, evidently, from reading the text. So I'm just saying. Uh, and, and they didn't I like it. I don't think they left. I don't think they left. I think they're here as real as they well, I don't think were. they did. But, me. but there's definitely, there was such a, uh, let's take a, our last break. There was such an upheaval because the demons are wondering why he's there. You know, that's the what the one asked him. He's like, "Why? Why are you here?" Because he he knew who he was, and so I think they were just that had it stirred up to the point where it was a full time job just casting them out. I mean, it's, it's what it seems oh. to be to me, and it was definitely as Jason mentioned this earlier. It was to establish authority. And so all of these early miracles, you keep seeing the thing come up about authority. Who is this guy? I mean, he's doing yeah, things. He that, wasn't. You know, now you think about it. What What do you do when you give a lesson? What is the process that you? I think we need to talk about this because because the authority is the theme. But what do you yeah. do when you give a lesson? You go study what somebody else wrote. Yep. You do some research, and then you make it your own. Which what does that mean? It takes everything you've studied, and you basically are given what you got from somebody else somewhere. Now, maybe mm -hmm. on a rare occasion, you might have some thought looking at the sun that hits you from nowhere. Well, here's Jesus. He, he's, he's like quoting himself. He's not saying, because when they're getting up speaking, it was just these quotes from other people, and it was kind of chants and boring you know, just reciting old passages. Well, Jesus is he ain't quoting anybody, and he's doing things that only God could do. And plus, to your point, I just underline, I put this in yellow. It's, you know, it's 
so that I could know know it was there. When when the when that paralytic was healed, there they praised God, everyone, and they praised God, saying, "We've never seen anything like this." <laughs> I think the point that Jesus made is, "I'm going to do some things that you wouldn't believe it if I told you." So, I mean, it, it's so it, I'm going to show you. Yeah, so I'm going to show but, you. But, but, yeah, but the point, the, the main point was that it was a testament. It was a testament to to who he was saying that he was. That's right. It was, it was validation. It was credibility. You know, and I mean, I, I think the big controversy is that is does he still do that kind of stuff? That's the the big argument. You know, one side is called cessationist, which is uh, that all of these miracles cease to exist after the the dying of the ones that the apostles laid hands on. Um, and then the, and then now the more like modern day charismatic movement, uh, which would believe these things are actually happening. And, um, well, it doesn't matter to I, me. I, I mean, look, cause I just, I've told y'all what I think about this, that they've got, they're using the word miracle in the wrong way. Uh, when you go into the building, they say, are you ready for your miracle today? And then you walk out and think, well, did I ever see one? Cause a miracle yeah, a is different. something like this. There's something undeniable. A guy has leprosy and Jesus touched him or in the process of it, which was against the law, by the way. He that's, broke the you're law. Right. He wasn't that's supposed a good point. To. But you know why you know why he didn't break the law? And that's why I think he healed him before he touched him. Is because when he touched him, he had cured him. We didn't have leprosy. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's against the law to touch a leper. So on his way, and look, you know, and they had to be six feet away. I wonder where we got he that. He touched out. one, and the guy they, was healed. You had to do social distancing for lepers, even though it wasn't contagious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't know why some kind of government program would come up with something like that, but that was what they came Can't up imagine. with. You, if someone had leprosy, you There's had to stay still six. Still, faces of leprosy. Yeah. Well, there's still certain diseases that will come up that people will say you got to be six feet away. Where did that come from? I, I don't know. I think it's fascinating. It is. Like it makes you feel better about it. So he heals him and touches it. Well, that's a miracle. Look, there's, or this, we're going to cast out a demon. And I don't mean you're watching it on Netflix. I'm talking about somebody is speaking in languages they've never studied and they're like, their heart is coming out of their chest, literally, and then goes back in. Something that I've, like, no, wait a minute, that's not a trick. This is, or like a detached arm, and then it goes back on, and then you touch him, and then all of a sudden, everything's made whole. I'm like, I'm okay, you you convince me that that's it. <laughs> is there so, another book ever written that contained the things we are discussing? No, but my point to Zach's point, I do believe in the supernatural, which would be miraculous to what I can do, working of God. Just because I didn't see it happen, like I believe God forgave me for my sins. Well, that's a miracle because I can't, I can't really see that, but I believe it happened, which would be miraculous to what I can sense and feel. So to me, because you to know you have, no, question, you have no authority or, or no, power I have no authority to whatsoever. Sins, I just right? believe that. Right. So people say, "Well, you don't right. believe in miracles," and I'm like, "Of course I believe in miracles, but I believe that Jesus is the one who does them." And so, uh, nothing that I can do 
And I'm not even going to try to do it. If I give someone Jesus and he wants to do a miracle in their life, so be it. But what we're calling miracles in the churches, what the groups you mentioned, are not miracles. They're just providential, supernatural workings of God in human beings. A miracle is something that is undeniable uh, against nature, where atoms and molecules. A Jew, an atheist, are, or a Christian would say. Anybody saw it and they say, no, wait a minute, the guy didn't have a head and now he has one. It's a miracle. You're right, that was a miracle. <laughs> But if the guy, yeah. if his wife says, I'm going to take you back, even though you slept with 14 women and whatever, and then the preacher says, it's a miracle. Nope. That, that was a great supernatural act of forgiveness by God, and he repaired this thing. But a miracle is something that happens in the physical realm that is impossible to happen outside of a... Being. There is a song, All You Need Is a Miracle. I mean, do y'all disagree <laughs> with him or not? Well, I don't care I mean, if you disagree. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't think that's what some, I think some of the charismatic groups are claiming that they're experiencing like like legitimate miracles. Well, you know, you know I what? Think, I, I hate I missed it. Well, that, well, I haven't and, and seen Phil, one I, yet is what I'm saying. Well, what, the, what, what I think about the, the even the demon possession, I mean, Phil has accidentally stumbled upon this a couple of times because you've told me the stories about and and it was, uh the girl and that was the uh in the drug rehabilitation in the rehab. center yep. Yep. yeah in the rehab center you know there was that there was another there's a few more well, that Zach, come i've through. seen things that are almost yeah like that where they guys they say he had i've seen this a hundred times where they things. say this guy will be dead in a week i mean the guy on the show with me uh, doing the treasure hunt, and they're like, yeah, we'll give you a couple months to live. Well, that's five years ago. And you say, what's well, a miracle? It was a supernatural work of God, but a miracle has to be some detachment of an organ or some something that is no doubt a miraculous happening. You, okay, you, so, you, you so start let me, pontificating a language you've never studied. Is that a miracle? Yeah, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. That's it. Well, let me let me tell you this because right. I've been because I, I if if that's a, if that's a happening, I like I would love to see it. Right, I really would. And so, well, if it I'm is me sure. too. But, but look, what I'm saying is, if somebody believes like that song says, "All you need is a miracle," then yeah. Well, what what's that minimizes Jesus? All you need is Jesus. Oh, that's true. If you're saying I need Jesus and a miracle, you I, I don't like that theology. Yeah, I don't like that either. Yep. I don't. I don't like it when the miracle becomes the focus over the miracle giver, and I think that is a huge problem in a lot in a lot of the charismatic churches. And well, you know what you need to tell I'm, them. You know, you know what you need what? to tell them. Follow Jesus. Well, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But but if you, <laughs> but I but but I don't want to be so closed off to the possibility of it because I mean I don't really. The, the the argument for the cessationist argument biblically doesn't really resonate well with me. I, it's, well, we're I don't not feel closed like off an, to I, that, Zach. I, I yeah. think if God wanted to do a miracle, I'm open to it, and I would love to see one. But I'm I just tell people Jesus is better than any miracle. Because what problem yeah, well, do you need solved that He didn't solve? It, and we've made that point consistently on the podcast. All miracles have to point to Jesus and who he is. All right, we're out of time. 
uh, if you want to follow us to overtime, we'll talk a little bit more. I, I want to give you the next line in that song to show you that the song is doesn't know what it's talking about. What song? So we'll do that in the overtime. Well, and, and Al, and let me add this. In the overtime segment, I'm, I am going to share with you a, an encounter that I had that I don't have an explanation for it. So I'm gonna, I'll share with you all the story. What? And then you guys, oh, you guys tell me if it was a miracle. There's a difference in supernatural working <laughs> well, and a miracle. You wait, you, you wait till you hear this story. Oh. I'm telling Blaze you, blazetv.com slash unashamed. If you want to hear Zach's story, come on. We over. need a button that says miracle meter, and we'll hear the story, and then I'll push it. I was like, <laughs> "Yep, that's a miracle." Yep, nope, that was the supernatural working of God in your life. Oh, we'll see. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.